everyone. My name is Erin Hughes, and this is Episodes to Wellbeing at Work. Heart disease has been the leading cause of death in the United States since 1921 and is estimated to take over 17 million lives each year. One-third of these deaths occur prematurely in those under 70 and still in the workforce. So to learn more about how and why employers should provide opportunities for employees to learn about their cardiovascular health, we spoke with two experts, Dr. Milhan, a heart and vascular physician with Ohio Health, and Erin Emge, an occupational health nurse with Ohio Health Employer Solutions. Together, we discussed how identifying risk factors and receiving appropriate treatment can keep employees healthier and provide additional value to employers through lower health care costs and fewer sick days, while also showing employees that they're cared for through appropriate and attainable benefit resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, we are talking all about heart health. So if you don't know, heart disease is the leading cause of death for men and women and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. A lot of the things that we can do to help prevent heart disease and heart issues are our core health behaviors, such as smoking, physical activity, diet, managing our weight, and taking into account what kind of health factors we have, like cholesterol and blood pressure. And so today we're going to talk to Dr. Milhan and Erin Emge about what we mean when we say cardiovascular health and what we can do to help you help your employees take their cardiovascular health into their own hands to lead healthier, happier lives. So our first question today is, when we say cardiovascular health, what do we mean exactly? What all does that encompass? Well, from a cardiology standpoint, it starts with the heart. And as you said, heart disease is the number one killer of men and women in this country. So it's important to have good heart health. The vascular part of cardiovascular is their circulation. And that's very important to prevent blockages in all of our arteries. I agree. That's exactly what I was going to say, that cardiovascular disease can refer to disorders of the heart and blood vessels, including a heart disease, stroke, heart failure, arrhythmias, and valve problems, just the health of our heart and why it's so important to be screened and diagnose anything that might be going on. If there is a relation to other illnesses or diseases and cardiovascular health, can you speak to any of those? Like, if you have a cardiovascular disease, are you at higher risk to get other diseases or vice versa? Well, yes. If you have coronary artery disease or blocked heart arteries, you're at risk of having blocked arteries throughout your body, including the carotid arteries, which serve the brain, the arteries in your abdomen, which serve the organs, and the arteries going down the legs. So if you have blockage in one set of arteries, you're at risk of having blockages in all of your arteries. So if we can keep our heart healthy and clear and working efficiently, that then will stem out to the rest of our body and our body systems. Correct. <laughs> yeah, correct. Erin, you mentioned cardiovascular screening. Can you talk a little bit about 
the cardiovascular screening, what kind there are, if there's more than one type, and how we should know when to get them or if we need them. Yeah, so one big thing, I think the most important thing is to understand cardiovascular screening versus like diagnostic. As our team of nurses, we go out and do biometric screenings and we're not diagnosing anybody. We're just screening to bring like an awareness to the participants, kind of like a snapshot of their health. We're screening for metabolic syndrome and that's kind of a cluster of conditions that consist of your blood pressure, your HDL cholesterol, which is known as your good cholesterol, your triglyceride levels, waist measurement, and then your blood sugar. When these coincide, these five risk factors, when they coincide with each other, usually three or more risk factors, it can put us at a higher risk of developing heart disease, stroke, and diabetes, type 2 diabetes. You know, it's also important. We also screen for total cholesterol, your LDL cholesterol, which is also known as your bad cholesterol, your total cholesterol in relation to your healthy fats, like your HDL, and then your height and weight and BMI. We don't always calculate BMI. I think waist measurement is a very good measurement too, because our waist what we're looking at is waist measurement in a sense of visceral fat. And visceral fat is the deep fat within our abdomen and surrounding our organs that can increase heart disease. So I love that you are making the distinction there between screenings and a diagnosis. And that screenings are really important because it does, it gives you a snapshot of your health, not only of your cardiovascular health, but of all of these other things, like you were saying, right? Your waste measurement, your risk for visceral fat and metabolic syndrome in general versus the diagnostic screenings. Dr. Milhan, what kind of diagnostic screenings are there? Like, should somebody come up and have a screening where they realize that they're at risk for cardiovascular diseases? What is their next step after that? Well, we use the American College of Cardiology atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease risk estimator. That's a lot of words, <laughs> but it's actually it's actually an app where you download your age, your sex, your race, your blood pressure, record if you're on blood pressure medications, your cholesterol panel, which includes what Aaron said, total cholesterol, LDL, bad cholesterol, HDL, good cholesterol, and triglycerides. And if you're on medication for cholesterol, whether you have diabetes, if you're a smoker, and if you're on aspirin, using those criteria, the calculator gives you a 10-year risk of you having a cardiovascular event. And it sorts patients into low, intermediate, and high risk. And when we have done pilot studies with certain employers in Columbus, We've used these calculators to identify the employees at which risk category they fall into. And we usually recommend follow-up with primary care physicians if you're low risk and consider seeing cardiovascular consultant if you're intermediate or high risk. Hmm. That was a lot of words, but I think that's such a great diagnostic tool. I love that you can categorize employees into each specific risk factor and then kind of have a tree of events, right? That if you are at a low risk, maybe you just need to see your PCP and make sure that you are on the same page. But if you are at a higher risk, getting some referrals out 
to specific cardiovascular doctors because the last thing we want is for somebody to go undiagnosed or for them to not have an appropriate avenue or a place to go because a lot of the symptoms that can happen when you are at risk or when you do have a cardiovascular disease often are really silent, aren't they? Like, it's pretty rare that people know they have high blood pressure or an increasing blood pressure or know they have high cholesterol. It's harder to feel those things than an injured knee or a scraped elbow or something. That's correct. And prior to COVID, when we were doing these pilot studies, we actually offered the employees a visit with our, one of our cardiovascular CNPs, and they would do in-person visits that could take up to 45 minutes where the cardiovascular CNP really dives into the details of that individual's risk. And we actually had algorithms based on the evaluation to be referred to PCP, to be referred to the lipid clinic. Now that our metabolic clinic is open, we would include the metabolic clinic. We would also offer the employee to see a, a lipid specialist or maybe have a coronary artery calcium score, or even going straight to a consultation with a cardiologist. So that's what our vision was prior to COVID, and we kind of got a setback, and now we're diving into redoing this and potentially doing some Zoom-type evaluation with the same process, cardiovascular CNP. So that's what we're working on now, and I'm really excited to get this thing going. Absolutely. I think while COVID set us back for so many reasons and so many areas, I do think that the option and the the drive for us to have some virtual options has really been great for people who don't maybe have the time or the vehicle or the funds to get to a physician. And so being able to offer that kind of screening, that kind of one-on-one time in a virtual setting, I bet is so influential. Yeah, I would agree. One thing I want to emphasize on the importance of having a primary care provider, a primary care physician, and going yearly for your annual appointment. Many, many participants tell us they only go if they're sick. They don't keep up with their yearly appointment. And so we really encourage preventative medicine and the importance of those appointments with their physician. You know, it's much easier to prevent disease than having to treat it. People also say, well, I feel fine. And they may feel fine, but they also could have symptoms that we'll notice where they're just used to maybe feeling the way they're feeling when maybe they have high blood pressure. We'll see a lot of high blood pressures and high blood sugars. And eventually, as we're talking with them, and they'll say, you know, what, you know, I haven't felt great for a while. I just assume it was stress. And then just explaining the importance of getting established with a primary care doctor is one of our biggest roles. Yeah, absolutely. I think really encouraging employees to have a screening or somebody who doesn't have a biometric screening event, but you do encourage your employees to have that relationship with their PCP and have those annual exams. I think that's a really great place to start because especially with this kind of health information, that knowledge, it gives you so much power because you don't know what you need to address. You don't know what core health behaviors you have that could be controlled and changed to give yourself a better health outcome without these screenings and without these appointments with our PCP. Yeah, exactly. One thing that's really kind of nice with us going to employers for biometric screenings, the benefit for employers 
is we can provide the employer with like aggregate data and it can help employers to bring in different programming to their staff. So if they provide back so much of your population is having high blood pressure or high cholesterol or diabetes, and they can look at that data and then it helps bring back what programs can they offer to their employees. Yeah, that's really nice. A lot of times I think we can maybe get sidetracked with wanting to offer some sort of wellness solution or health solution based on what we think our company or our peers need. But you're right, having that aggregate data, having those hard numbers and being able to assess the risk factors really helps create a program that is personalized. And I would feel very much taken care of and thought of if the wellness program that I was participating in as an employee took these trends, took this data into account when creating offerings or programming for me to participate in, whether it was incentivized as a benefits package or otherwise. I agree. And also, if you track the data and you show by changing the risk profile of the employees, you're going to hopefully be able to show that's going to reduce the amount of missed work. I mean, cardiovascular disease is one of the reasons people miss work. I mean, another big one is musculoskeletal issues, back pain, and those sorts of things. So if these programs can do a benefit for the employee, they will do a benefit for the employer by having less missed work time. I think that is something that's important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just having a healthier team, a healthier staff. Not only are we going to talk about reducing like health drivers, reducing missed work, but you're also just going to create a better morale, a happier staff, somebody who is happy and healthy out of work, but also in work can really show up as their best selves. And I think that's a really great culture to create if you want your team and your business to continue to thrive. Yeah, I agree. Totally. So we've talked a little bit about, Erin, the team that you work on does biometric screening events. And Dr. Milhan, you work in cardiovascular health and see patients and do referrals and can really get people into these diagnostic screenings. Are there any other services that Ohio Health can provide or educational opportunities that we have around cardiovascular health that can get people a little bit more plugged into the education and the resources that they need? Yeah, I was going to just mention, you know, first and foremost, always starting with your primary care physician. And then I do have the referral line for a physician referral line. I know some people don't want to have to get online and they just want to call. And that number is 614-443-2584. And that's just the general Ohio Health physician referral line. And then the Ohio Health website has a wealth of information on cardiovascular prevention and treatment. And the blog, there's an Ohio Health blog that it's blog.ohiohealth.com that has so much information on there regarding all kinds of health and cardiovascular health. And then the big thing for if there's anybody listening who is interested in work health or on-site services, we do have our number is 614-566-9675 or an email, employersolutions at ohiohealth.com. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we really do. It's it's so nice to be a part of a community and workplace that offers so many opportunities to connect 
and can provide so much to employers and that employees can see those benefits. I think that's one of my favorite things about working for Ohio Health Employer Solutions is that we really are customer driven and we try to offer solutions and not just put a band-aid over whatever issue somebody might be experiencing. Yeah, I completely agree with that too, Erin. Well, as a final question for you both, if you were going to give anybody a piece of advice on how to make sure that their cardiovascular health is top of their mind and that, you know, we talked about earlier that when you really start with your cardiovascular health, that ripples out to all of our other kind of health, our mental health, our physical health, because it starts at the heart, right? If you had any kind of advice for somebody who wants to take the next step in taking charge of their cardiovascular health, what would you suggest? I will tell you what I say to every patient I see is I identify their risk factors for heart disease. So those are family history. Does anybody in your family have a cardiovascular condition? Number two is, are they a smoker? Do they have hypertension? Do they have diabetes? Do they have elevated cholesterol? And most importantly and recently is, do they have a sleep disorder? like obstructive mm -hmm. sleep apnea. These are all risk factors for cardiovascular disease. And I think every adult should know all of their risk factors, and then they can modify each risk factor they have, treat it to the goal, which will lower their risk of having a cardiovascular event in the future. Yeah, completely agree, Dr. Milhan. My previous career was exercise physiology before I became a nurse. So one thing I am really big on is physical activity, obviously being cleared by your physician before starting any kind of exercise program, but just really emphasizing that every little bit counts. I work with so many people who feel so intimidated that they have to, you know, go out and run a marathon to have benefit. And really just starting with even 10 minutes a day of getting out and walking, increasing step count will help benefit your health. So just being physically active can do wonders for your health as well as controlling your risk factors. Yeah, and sitting is the new smoking. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. just getting yeah. out of the chair is, is helpful. Yep. So I think that's a great point, Erin, because physical inactivity is another risk factor. And that waist circumference is a large part of physical inactivity and obviously dietary indiscretion as well. But those are important points to be added for sure. Absolutely. And I know so many of these poor health behaviors are within the control of the employee, right? We can control if we smoke. We can control how physically active we are, what we eat, how much we weigh. And all of those will then take that ripple effect and, and contribute to those health factors that we have not as much control over, right? Like if we have diabetes or what our family history is and things like that. So I love that those are the pieces of advice that you guys have provided that really starting with knowledge and knowing yeah. what you're at risk for and then taking each of those risk factors by the horn to make your life healthier so that you can live better and happier and longer. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me today about cardiovascular health and the importance of screenings and all of the effects that it has on our body, on our life, and on our work. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. I enjoyed that discussion. There are plenty of factors contributing to cardiovascular health that we don't have much control over. But through events like biometric screenings, employers can help employees recognize and treat risk factors sooner and establish core health behaviors to decrease their risk of a cardiovascular event or disease while establishing a culture where employee health matters on and off the clock. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode to Wellbeing at Work.